Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. Before I introduce you to my wonderful guest today, I want to share some exciting news. Empower Her Circle membership is now live. You get access to all of my online courses, and there's a new theme every month where we'll have a Q&A, downloadable affirmations and journal prompts, some occasional music downloads, and at the VIP level, you get to work with me in a small group coaching session every month. 10% off of merchandise and early access to events. So if you are interested in joining this Empower Her Circle membership, go to drjuliehanks.com. All right, now it's time to introduce my guest today. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to have you. Tell me, what is your question for me today? So my question is, how do you handle the early return missionary stigma and cope with life not going the way you planned. Okay, so early return missionary. So I'm guessing that you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I am. Okay. And um, where did you go on your mission? So I was called to Riverside, California. Uh-huh. And I was Spanish speaking and I went to the MTC and I was sent home about two days before my flight. So I did six weeks in the MTC. Okay, gotcha. And then when you talk about the stigma, tell me what that experience has been like for you. So I haven't experienced it. I I know other people talk about um, having derogatory comments made towards them. Mm. And luckily, I haven't had that specific experience. What I have had, though, is I've noticed it a lot in my friends Mm. and in dating is that it's often considered a red flag to be an early return missionary. Mm. I had someone I was talking to um, last year and I've been home for almost three years. Okay. Okay. So I had someone I was talking to last year and we were talking about missions and the concept of like giving everything up to go on this mission, leaving your life behind. Mm -hmm. And he felt that my experience was not as valid as his, because mine had only lasted six weeks. Mm, and I okay. often kind of get that pushback. Like you don't really know what it's like, or you didn't really kind of minimizing your service. Right. And yeah. when my friends talk about missions, I feel like I can't contribute to the conversation because my experience is always kind of belittled. So have you ever highlighted that like in conversation? Like, wow, it seems like you're really minimizing my experience. I haven't. So I wonder just what would happen if you did. Like to that person you were dating, that's like, well, you, you know, you don't really know. And you're like, do you realize that you're minimizing my experience? Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean to do? Uh, Because if you do, then this date's over. (laughs) You're a (laughs) jerk. (laughs) Right. This isn't going to work. (laughs) Yeah, right. I don't want to finish this date anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. But consider just in a kind, compassionate 
but straightforward way saying, oh, do you recognize that that sounds really minimizing to my experience? And to me, my experience is just as valid as yours. And see what they say. That's a very good suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) What do you, what do you imagine your friends would say? Um, I imagine they would be apologetic Mm -hmm. and then try to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. They should be apologetic. They're being rude. They're being insensitive. (laughs) Like, yeah. So I want to challenge you next time that comes up to just say, hey, that feels really invalidating to me. Is that what you mean? I am definitely going to do that. Awesome. Awesome. So let's let's talk about the, the second part that you brought up, life not going the way you planned. Tell me more about that. So a mission was always part of my plan. I have grown up a lifelong member, both my parents missions that's how they actually met Hmm. they both served in Finland and then they met at a mission reunion years later yeah and so missions have always been a big part of my life I've always heard mission stories um they just always have been and I'm the oldest child and so I didn't watch older siblings go on missions but I knew Mm -hmm. I was and when I came home it was very, very unexpected. The decision was made in less than 24 hours. And I went from like being a missionary to not being a missionary Mm. so quickly. And I felt like I had very, very little time to adjust. And it's kind of taken time now to look back at it. And it's, it's hard to see that that's not necessarily a part of my life. Like that experience I thought I was going to have as a missionary Mm -hmm. that I really thought I was going to have. I haven't had. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So have you allowed yourself to grieve that, that last I, expectation? I have done a lot of grieving. <laughs> okay, good. And every year, because I left in July, three mm-hmm. years ago, every year I end up grieving mm-hmm. in July. Mm-hmm. What I thought was going to be and what wasn't. And it was hard when all of my friends who left about the same time started. Yeah. And I didn't have that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like you're doing, you're doing the work. Like you're allowing yourself to feel your feelings, to feel sad, to, to grieve that lost experience, the lost expectation. Mm-hmm. So good job. It's just, it, you know, it's hard when you, you feel like your life's going to go one way. And then it doesn't. Yeah. You know, Emily, that will happen over and over again. Yeah. And the good news is, is good surprises will happen over and over again, too, that you're not planning for. Yeah. So it's kind of, you'll get both. That's true. <laughs> you'll meet people that will will surprise you. You'll have opportunities that will surprise you that you weren't planning on. Mm-hmm. And so this is good practice for the rest of your life yeah I I know that sounds like a mom I sound like (laughs) such a mom I am a mom and a grandma (laughs) but but you'll be pleasantly surprised too so that's the good news is Mm -hmm. you know you'll have to grieve lost expectations but you'll also be pleasantly surprised by things you didn't expect that come your way true so true I found a list I made when I was 18 
that had mm-hmm. like where I thought I'd be every year. And I was like, I have not followed the list at all. <laughs> <laughs> then that wasn't the path for you. We have really diverted from where I thought I was going to be. Yeah, yeah. But what if that's just exactly where you need to be to learn what you need to learn right now in your life? Yeah. Like, what if nothing's wrong? That's actually a really good suggestion because I'm about to, I mean, this is different than what we're talking about, but I'm about to move home. Mm. Um, I have been living with roommates and I've lived at home a little bit off and on. Mm-hmm. But last year when I moved out and moved in with roommates, I just lived at home during like the lockdown. And when I moved out, I basically like threw myself a party with the theme of I'm never going home again mm. because I was so like, it's just not <laughs> happening <laughs> and things have changed and now yeah. I'm moving home and it's felt a lot like that's a, a diversion from where I wanted to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What if it's just exactly where you need to be and you're going to learn what you need to learn right now from this experience? Mm-hmm. instead of thinking like I'm I'm on the wrong track what if you're on the right track mm-hmm. even though it's unexpected right I like that. <laughs> feels a lot better it does. <laughs> it's like I'm totally on track where I need to be it's not where I thought right. I would be but that's okay right I'm pleasantly surprised uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> So try that on, try, try writing that down on a little sticky note or like, I'm exactly where I need to be. Okay. I will do that. Yeah. Good. 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 I like is, that. Is there anything else that you want to touch on today? Um, just talking about a little bit with the early return missionary sticks. Mm-hmm. I felt a little bit like there isn't much of a place for me in the church. Hmm. Like it's felt a little, it's been hard um, because I'm not someone, I'm not going to go on another mission. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm here. And I think where it's really hard is I don't want to get married right now. Mm-hmm. And Gasp. Just <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it, you know, the church family and marriage is so highly emphasized. Mm-hmm. And I'm not opposed to it at all. And I mm-hmm. definitely want to be married in the future, but it's just not something I want right now. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like you're either going to get married or you're already married. And if you don't really fit into those two categories, like where is there? Yeah. 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 There is a lot of pressure. And you are kind of in a space that people don't really talk about, right? Like, well, someday I'll get married. You know, it's, it, you should right. be planning actively for it. And are you courting? And are you, you know, so yes. I guess, so what if you don't fit into like those boxes? Like, what if you make your own box? It feels like there aren't a lot of people who want to be in that box. It's like it, a lonely box. Yeah. There probably are a lot more than you think. And I bet if you build that box, they will come right from the movie. (laughs) If you build it, they will come. Uh Um, My guess is that you're not totally alone. 
you might be in a minority group, but okay. Right. But what if you kind of are okay doing your own thing and looking for other people who are in the same place? I know of people who are, so I know they're out there. Yeah. Who are like, I'm, I'm working on my degree. I'm doing this. I'm, or I'm working at my job and I'm not ready for, for marriage yet. And that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. I feel like what's hard, I guess, is I've often felt kind of like a stepping stone. Like I make friends and I will be friends with people and then they find somebody that they want to marry. And I know I am not, that it's a different, that it's not necessarily a replacement, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, now I'm interested in marriage and you're not interested in marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it kind of becomes this difference that is highlighted in the friendship that creates more distance. Right. Yeah. 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 That happens. And, and they're not where you are, right? Like you're not where they are. Right. I mean, is it better to just find people who are where I am or try and make these relationships work when we're in two different places? I think it's not an either or. I think if there are people that you really value, that you want to maintain a relationship and they want to maintain a relationship with you, even though they're in a different place, then I would totally do it. And I think it would probably be really good for you to find some other people, other friendships who are in a similar place. So you feel less alone. Yeah. I, um, I tend to be a very black and white thinker. (laughs) I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of struggle with these like gray areas mm-hmm. of, you know, not choosing one or the other. And that's something I've been trying to work on. But. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is another area to work on. And sometimes the the richest relationships are ones where you're not exactly the same where you're not in the same place, where you can learn from each other and be curious about where the other person is. So you can have that and you can have people who are more similar to you. You don't have to choose. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to have to work on finding <laughs> can you <laughs> Can you identify friends where you think, you know, I really connect with this person. I want to make more of an effort. Yes. Okay. So I want to challenge you to, to do that. What if within my friendships, I feel like I find this a lot, they tend to be fairly one-sided. Like I feel like, and obviously this is from my point of view, and so it's going to be biased Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's me seeing it. But I feel like with these relationships, when we kind of move into different, when we're in different phases of life, I will make an effort to kind of keep up friendship and the other person make as much of an effort Mm -hmm. and it feels like the relationships always end up being fairly Mm one-sided okay have you ever brought that up with your friend no because I don't want to come off as accusatory or saying like I'm doing more and I don't feel like you're doing too much Mm -hmm. that to me that feels like an attack and I don't Mm. want to attack anybody Mm mm-hmm also, because I, I know that everyone's busy and everyone's doing their own thing. Yeah. I, I just, I don't want to make anyone feel bad. Well, good luck with that. 
because <laughs> you're kind of in relationships. You're going to make people feel bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I think, and and I'm not saying you have to do this. It's just a possibility mm-hmm. that you could say, "Hey, Susie, I kind of noticed that I've been the one reaching out. Are you wanting a little bit more distance in our relationship, or is it just that you're busy? Tell me what's going. You know, tell me more about what's going on in your world." Yeah. So that's not accusatory. That's not blaming. It's not like you never call me and I always call you and you're not a good friend. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that that's one option. You could bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, you could also just know that you're in a place where you're not partnered currently. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I'm. you're not in a long term nope. relationship. OK. And they are. Mm-hmm. And that takes up a lot of their time and you have more time and energy to devote to friendships and you have more of a need than they do. doesn't mean they don't care about you or love you or think you're awesome. It's just, they're in a different place. And so they may not reach out as much. And can you be okay with that? That like you have the time and the energy and the need to reach out more than they do. Yeah. That makes sense. And it, you don't have to make it mean that they don't care about you. Yeah. Right. I don't have to assign them their actions. Exactly. Yeah. So with kind of uh, talking about the early return missionary, mm-hmm. um, a lot of my friends, actually, I'd say almost all of my friends are return missionaries. Okay. And I sometimes feel that when we get in groups together, all anyone wants to talk about is their missions. Mm. And I have felt that there are many instances where we sit for like two hours and just talk about missions. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because it's a conversation that I feel like I don't have anything to contribute to. Okay. So is that true? Well, I mean, if we talk about the MTC, I will talk about my experience. But when they're talking about, you know, crazy mission stories or things that happen to them, or, I don't have any of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, w- I wasn't out long enough. Yeah. I never made it to California. Yeah. And so it feels like I, I don't really have anything to say. Mm-hmm. And so I just listen. And then I often come away feeling sad because I thought I was going to be the person mm-hmm. going to have mm-hmm. stories because I always planned on going on a mission. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know how to handle these conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're handling them just fine. And it's okay if it brings up sadness. It brings up your grief. Like, oh, I didn't have that and I thought I would. And like, what if that's just okay to participate as much as you can and then afterward feel sad and do more grieving and then move forward? Is there ever a point where you stop? Yeah, but it'll probably creep back at different points. Mm-hmm. I mean, my guess is it's probably less on your mind now than three years ago. Absolutely. And so it'll keep feeling farther and farther away, but it may not go away entirely, but it's not going to run your life. Yeah. And so it's okay if it comes back up. That's just how grief is. It sometimes just pops back up <laughs> when you're mm-hmm. reminded of it. And what if that was just okay and you honored it and like, oh, I'm bummed. I didn't have those experiences. I thought I would. I'm really sad about that. Yeah. I feel like I spend a lot of time trying to avoid being sad. 
Yeah. And so the idea of just accepting being sad is almost hard to accept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not alone in that, right? It It's not comfortable to allow yourself to feel, but that's actually the way through it. That's the way through expressing and feeling. That's how you move through the grief. So whenever you cut it off, you're stopping your move through it. Right. So those you can look at as opportunities to grieve the next layer. It's okay like to be that. sad. It's okay to be sad. Everybody's sad at different points and every, you know. Right. It's it's okay. It's just part of being human. It's a part of life. Mm-hmm. And the better you get at feeling, the better your life is going to be. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> That's just a hard pill to follow. I know. You're like, let myself be sad. Why would I want to do that, Julie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, well, Emily, thank you so much for sharing your heart today. Um, what are some what are some take-homes that you're going to take with you and try to do or think differently from our conversation today? Well, I'm definitely going to stop thinking that I'm on the wrong path. Mm, that was big. Yeah, and that even though it's not what I thought, I'm on the path that I need to be. Right. Good job. I also love um, just having conversations with people and that um, you told me I'm going to make people feel bad. That makes me feel better. <laughs> Join the club of humans. Because <laughs> I feel like I spend a lot of time trying to avoid making people feel bad, mm-hmm. but it's just not always possible. You're right. You're right. That's great. That's great. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for being on the podcast today and asking your question. You're welcome. You're welcome. Take good care. Okay. Okay. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.